Now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome, everybody, to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight. No, there's a lot of things happening out there. You know, 2019 is shaping up to be a tremendous fishing season, both on the freshwater and saltwater side, and we hope to be covering it as much of it as we can in the next few months. We've got some great guests, as Mark Larson has said, lined up for you tonight. Let me give you a rundown who's going to be with us. First of all, promoter extraordinaire Bart Hall from the Fred Hall Shows. He's going to be with us, and he's going to clue us in on what we can expect to see in the three upcoming shows here in Southern California in the next few weeks. And then after that, Jerry Mayhew is going to be with us from the Saltwater Bass Association. They just had a Spotted Bay Bass Tournament in Mission Bay over this weekend. We're going to find out how that tournament went, how the guys did, and what the rest of the schedule is for the Saltwater Bass Association. And in the second half of the show, and boy, I have to apologize to, to this angler. I've been trying to get him on with us for weeks. He caught the single largest bag of fish in the uh, history of the Wild West Bass Circuit, a few weeks ago in Lake Shasta, he owns one, if not more, lake records for Northern California, biggest bass on a bunch of lakes. He's from Angels Camp, California. We're going to speak with Alex uh, Neapis. He's going to be with us to tell us, hey, what, <laughs> what's he doing to get these big fish? And then later on, we're going to talk to our own Wendy Toshihara. You know, Wendy is dedicated to helping sportsmen here in Southern California, both on the fishing and hunting side. She has been nominated for a pretty prestigious position at the state level. We're going to find out what we can do to help Wendy gain that committee seat. So there's a lot in store for us. But before we get to our guest, let me introduce you to the co-host of Rod and Real Radio. First, this individual is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT. And for the past few weeks, he's been proving that he's a pretty darn good tournament angler. And as we all know, saltwater angler in his own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy. I'm back from the uh, the wilds of the fishing game here. for well, we got two weeks before I fish another one. It's been, I think, three, three weeks in a row. There was one week for a layoff. But fishing has been re- very, very good to me. <laughs> Just put it that way. Great start for the year. Uh, I think I had a fourth and second big fish, then a first and uh, a second big fish, and then a second 
and and uh, big fish for the tournament. And I did it again this last week, yesterday with a second place and big fish for the tournament. So I can't complain with a, a fourth, a first and two seconds to start the year. It's a pretty good year so far. And, and there's two different circuits involved with that. So well, it's good. good. Can't, I'm having a good, good time. And, and see how long past, you know, that is when the fish is in the bank, it's going to change everything uh, anybody's ball game. Well, you know, Stan, uh, this might be the year of the uh, senior fishermen with uh, <laughs> doing all, uh, you know, John uh, River, and who knows what might be happening. We're seeing Tiger Woods even, a resurgence with him. So I no, think even, this is, this is going to be good. Ken, even Kent Brown responded on the, on his radio station, I'm, you know, up there in the north. He said, you know, yeah. He goes, I just won the senior division. I go, it's the only division we can qualify in because we move so slow now. <laughs> so. Hey, let me take this time to introduce our listening audience to my other co-host. She is the national sales manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing community. She is also an expert fisherman and hunter in her own right. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy, gal. Hello there. It's beautiful out here in Huntington Beach. A little wind, and I just got home from the Bass Pro Shop Spring Classic. Wow. Nice. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, uh, did, did, did that have good attendance, Wendy, with uh, the weather that we'd been seeing? It did. It's uh, always good. You know, they do a rod, uh, rod and reel return, and you can exchange it for some credit to buy another rod and reel. So, that's always really popular. And then they had their seminars and yeah, there were a lot of people there. I even bought stuff. Right. <laughs> it's hard to walk into that place. I, I got to tell you and walk out without spending something. <laughs> hey guys, let's get to our first guest. Unless you've been living in the cave or under a rock for the past uh, couple of years, you know that we're getting close to showtime here in Southern California, and we've got the promoter for probably the largest show, not only in Southern California, the West Coast, but maybe in the United States. Mr. Bart Hall. Bart, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Oh, hello, John, and hello, Wendy, and hello, Stan. How's everything? Yeah. Alive and well. Hey, Bart, you've been doing anything and, and exciting way, John, the past? John, by the way, yes. if... I, I don't know of a consumer fishing show in the world that is larger than Long Beach. If you do, point it out to me. I want to go see it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm sure you've been to a couple of them, Bart. But tell me, uh, the past couple of weeks, have you been uh, doing anything to kind of take up your idle time? Yeah, you know, that's that's really funny. Uh, you know, we have no idle time. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, I ran home from the office to get home to my own house to take this call because I didn't want to take it to the office because there's so much stuff going on. So, yeah, so thank you. You got me, you got me out of the office early today. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking time to take a breath, but, you know, there are tens of thousands of people that are biting at the bit because the Fred Hall Long Beach Show, the Fred Hall Bakersfield show and the Fred Hall show at Del Mar are just weeks away. And for some people, especially exhibitors at your show, this is a big deal for them. You know, it is. I wrote an article this year uh, called 73 years and still counting. And, uh, you know, each year we talk about how it's going to be bigger and better. 
and you know, I'm sure people get hear, they get tired of hearing that kind of stuff. But the truth is, it still does. It's amazing to me that after all this time, I can look at what's going on in front of me with all the exhibitors and the maps and and say, "Wow, this really is going to be bigger and better than ever." It's it's amazing. What's happening now is we're selling out of booth space in Long Beach, particularly months ahead of time. We never used to do that. It used to go down to a couple weeks beforehand. Now it's months ahead of time. And what's happening is that the customers that, that always come are coming with bigger, better displays. So the whole look of everything is getting much, much nicer than it, than it was. And, you know, I've been to all the shows in the country, I, and I've been to some shows overseas, and um, there really is nothing in the world like Long Beach. It's just it's amazing. It's a bucket list kind of show. But, but Del Mar, too, Del Mar is now sold out, and, and that didn't used to happen. We used to pick up 20 or 30 booths out of Long Beach for Del Mar. We can't do that anymore because there's no more room. Um, and, you know, in our Bakersfield show, which, which quite frankly started out kind of slow this year, all of a sudden we look at the map and we go, my goodness, we're out of space again. So, you know, the, the fishing and hunting community in Southern California is strong, uh, the, the the economy is strong, and and the, the potential for this to be the best show ever is sitting right in front of us. It all depends on whether the consumers want to come out and see it, and if they do, this could be the best Fred Hall show ever. Wow. That's saying something. Yeah, That's it is. really saying something. You know, the cool part is, too, we've talked about this before, Bart, the, the, one of the great things about the Fred Hall show is that the manufacturers a lot of times wait till this show to bring out what they start to sell for the season. So you get to see new products that haven't been seen before and available to buy at the Fred Hall show that you don't get. For, for fishermen, it's kind of like you can go through and cherry pick what you want to do for which style of fishing you want, but the products are all there in front of you. If you take the time to go walk in, into the booth and ask them, you know, talk to them just a little bit, a lot of times they don't they don't have it out there to show. They're going to show you what's the new hot thing when you go to talk to them. So it's just a lot of fun. Well, you know, that's interesting, Sam, because you know, a lot of shows around the country, they don't, they don't require the manufacturers to be there for the dealers to sell stuff. We do. If, if, if a dealer is going to sell something from a major manufacturer, that manufacturer is going to have to have a booth there. And if they don't, it won't get sold there. And the reason for that is because most dealers only carry a portion of what manufacturers sell. But the public wants to see everything. So that's what this show is about. It's the opportunity to come talk to the manufacturers, look at everything that's there, figure out what you want, and go to your dealer and say, I want this. And if the dealer doesn't have it, say, well, Ben, can you get it for me? So, it's, you know, if you're serious about your fishing, there's, there's, nothing, like, uh, there's nothing like these shows. Not only that, there's always something for everyone, whether it's the kids, whether it's the wives and girlfriends, whether it's the guys that are fishing or hunting or camping or, or wanting to go travel. You have it all. Well, thank you, Wendy. And, and you know, the thing is, my father said, told me something a long time ago, very young. I mean, he was talking to my mom, I overheard it. And he said, you know, we, we can't sell a boat at this show, and in those days, that was the big ticket item. 
uh, unless the, the wife is at this show. We want to make sure that, that we get the wife to the show. That means we have to get something to the kids because they're not going to leave them on the babysitter. So that was the focus. And so what we try to do now for, you know, the last 70 years is, is provide a full day's worth of family entertainment. Uh, and particularly for the kids, like the Mammoth Lakes Kids Fishery Trout Pond. You have the, uh, the Sword Disc uh, Great American Duck Races. You have the Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, the Ultimate Air Dog. You have Archery. You have uh, Umarex Air Gun Range. You have the Avike Soft Air Range. All, all of this is for kids. You know, we have face painting. We have, it, it's, a, it's a great place. Kids love the show. You know the thing, that I've told you this before, but the thing is they, they love the most is to come and run around all the boats. Because they don't know what boats cost, and they'll run around a boat and say, Bum, Dad, let's play this one. It's really a lot of fun. So I remember growing up there as a kid. I think a lot of us who went there as kids remember it as a kid. And I, I think uh, we want to continue that tradition. It's, it's what the industry needs is some place for, for kids to get exposed to fishing and hunting. They even had a kid flipping and pitching arena or it was going you know here pitch and flip to a, a spot here and see how you do and some of the kids that got up there were better than the pros i was watching some of the talented young guys that are coming forward and we got some talent that's coming up uh, but because of the hall show and because of the the arena that is there for the fishing community it's really become i think more and more a place where the people will come, and let's see what we can find that's new and hot. Well, I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I started, I'm the same way. I mean, I just heard Wendy talk about how she went to a to a store and bought some good. I do that too. You know, I I don't I can get anything given to me that I want, but I'd rather go shopping. <laughs> this is a great place to do it. <laughs> it is. Part, you well, know, it's a one stop place too. You can go. You can find everybody here. It's not like you got to go. Well, I got to go here and go there. No, you, all you have to do is go up and down the aisles. Yeah, it's, it's it's a wonderful experience. I'm I'm very proud to be part of the whole thing, and you know I'm I'm proud of what my father created. You know, 73 years ago, this was a little tiny thing in the middle of Gilmore Stadium, which was a which was an oval dirt track where they had a midget racing at night. It was outdoors. They had lights on the top of telephone poles that were all around the, the stadium and. And that's how this show started. It, there was, uh, it was very tiny. Uh, I think the first exhibitor that he signed up was Penn. That was uh, 73 years ago. So to go from that to this is pretty amazing. Bart, we got to take a break right now. Do you, uh, can you stay with us for another segment and talk a little bit more about the upcoming Fred Hall shows? Just try to get rid of me, John. hey you're listening to stan windy and our special guest for this hour bart hall but we're going to take a break right now we'll be back after these messages
Kamikatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Kamikatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Kamikatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Kamikatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This is John from Angler's Arsenal. Since 1983, Angler's Arsenal has served the needs of the fishing community throughout Southern California, and now we are continuing that tradition out of our new retail store on Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. I invite you to make the trip to visit with Chuck, Dan, Jonathan, and Marvin, and draw from the wealth of fishing information my crew has amassed over the many years of fishing experience. They will make your time on the water more productive. When it comes to products, Angler's Arsenal carries all the major brands you've come to know and trust over the years. My knowledgeable staff will make sure you are fitted with the right quality tackle you've been looking for. We're known for servicing those reels and rods you've depended on and used over the course of the season. Bring them into us and we'll make sure they work and look better than the day they came out of the factory. Angler's Arsenal is also the home of Western Plastics, your one-stop shopping center for the fresh and saltwater hand-poured plastics you've depended on since 1985. Looking for those specially wrapped fishing rods? Angler's Arsenal can build you a stick that will put a hurt on any mean old fish that comes your way. Now we're open Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Give us a call at 619-466-8355 to discuss your fishing needs. Or better yet, stop by and visit with us at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, we do want to welcome everyone back to our Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, with me tonight, Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshar, and our, our special guest uh, this hour is the chief cook and bottle washer for the Fred Hall Show's promoter <laughs> extraordinaire, Bart Hall. Bart, welcome again to the show. Well, thank you. It's been it's fun being back. It is. Hey, Bart, you know, uh, Stan, Wendy, and I, in the first segment, we talked a lot about the fishing gear, the manufacturers being there, the opportunity for the consumer to interact with the manufacturers to talk about the products, things that they like, maybe things that they don't like. But 
when you go to the Fred Hall show, it is a one-stop shopping area for destination spots, not only in Canada, in Alaska, down in Mexico, but literally places all around the world. Uh, you, you get the opportunity to speak with people that there's no other way you'd communicate with them about their destinations. Uh, a tremendous job in that uh, regard, uh, Bart. Well, that's been an evolution, of course, over the 73 years is, uh, is how that come about. And right now, you can get a fishing or hunting trip anywhere in the world at a Fred Hall show. And uh, that doesn't mean that all the lodges from all over the world are there, but mostly we have representation from North America, South America, from from Europe, from Africa, from New Zealand. We, well, if, if it's a destination, we've got it. And, and, and if the individual lodge isn't there, there's somebody there who can figure out how to get you to the region you want to go to. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big part of our show. There are the hundreds of destination resorts and, and even more possibilities on where you want to go hunting or fishing. It's just a great resource because they're right in front of you. You've got the people that can ask the questions that, how do I get there? What do I have to go through to get there? Do I need uh, my rods and reels, or can I can I bring my my guns and uh, my bows and whatever it is? How about for the family? Uh, can, can I bring my significant other? Is it is it family friendly? All these things uh, that you're not guessing about or trying to get on an internet site. You're talking to the people one on one that can answer these questions for you. It's a, a, well, a great resource. Well, you know, I, I travel quite a bit, and uh, I, I go online to try to figure things out. I will tell you, if you really cannot figure something out online, because online, everybody looks good. You can put up a lot of nice pictures if you have a real good web, web designer. But when you get to talk to the people who run the lodges, and you're there one-on-one with them in, in person, you get the feeling of whether you want to spend four or five days with those with those people at that lodge. It's, it's a really... It's a great way to do it, and, and if you're serious about your travel, this is a wonderful place to come and plan your next fishing and hunting vacation. Uh, we're, we're really proud of the fact that uh, that's a big part of all three of our shows. But, you know, uh, we've, got, we've got a real special event this year at Long Beach that, we, that, that we're unveiling for the first time ever that I'd like to talk about, and that's uh, uh, the... the special mega marine electronics uh, portion of the show that we're going to have at Long Beach. Now, we have marine electronics at every show, Bakersfield, Del Mar, and, and Long Beach. But Long Beach this year, matter of fact, right now, Jitty's here on the computer at home. Well, I'm uh, trying to put the seminar schedule in a format that looks kind of pretty. And uh, we're going to have over 35 seminars talking about how to use modern electronics. And we're going to have uh, examples and demonstrations and some of the best speakers in the world. And we have some of the best companies in the world who are going to be presenting this. We've got a Furuno and Lawrence and Ghost and Ray Marine and Flair. And, and I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out and they're going to be mad at me. But, you know, it's, it's an amazing uh, but it's very difficult. It's very difficult to put together. But it's done in conjunction with Johnson Hicks Marine, um, who, who we met years ago at the San Francisco show. 
and that's an interesting story too. I tried for years to get local people, uh, local dealers, to put on displays of marine electronics at, at our shows. None of them were interested. The only one who was interested was a dealer from Santa Cruz in Northern California. And now that dealer has come down to our shows and established a business that basically covers all of California. He has service people. He has technicians. Everything down here ready to go. And and he comes to our shows, and he's the dominant marine electronics dealer in California, all because of the Fred Hall Show. So we're going to really go all out in Long Beach this year and have this amazing seminar schedule for marine electronics. It's going to, and we're very excited about it. Well, you know, I got to tell you, there is so much new in the electronics field. If you haven't had a chance to kind of look at what's available out there and, and some of the nuances that are, that you can get for both the ocean and for freshwater boats, this stuff is, <laughs> I was talking with Johnny Murray, he goes, it's almost like cheating. Um, they're with a live, like live screen uh, video or whatever it is you can get on your on your electronics nowadays. It's like the what they've been seeing on the ocean with forward scan. You can put on your bass boat now and watch live fish w- swimming in in areas or pull up onto a point. You can see the whole point, see where the fish are, are on there, and move to the next one and find them there and catch them. It it is amazing what's available with the electronics nowadays and i really highly suggest if you're a fisherman you want to go to some of these and find out what's new it's amazing you know stan also <laughs> we're going uh, to talk exactly about that in some of the seminars <laughs> you know stan and and yeah. bart at the electronics a major expense obviously to a fisherman and when they're coming in on square one they don't really know themselves what they're looking for what's available and now by going to the fred hall show they can go to the different manufacturers they can see the different models and they can really have a hands-on experience on what model or what electronics whether it's freshwater or saltwater that bets fits their need and then also their budget because there's a bunch of stuff out there and just trying to glean all this information by going to one dealer or going to an internet site, it's almost impossible to make an educated decision. It it, it is impossible. And I I thought I knew a basic amount about marine electronics, but after sitting here for the last few weeks trying to put this all together and look at everything, I know nothing. Uh, The the, the industry (laughs) is so far, it's so far beyond what I know and, and, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to understand what's available and what's coming. There's more coming than, than even is now. So we're very excited about this. And if, if anybody out there is interested in marine electronics for their boats, freshwater or saltwater, this is going to be a really wonderful thing at Long Beach to, to get in here and kind of figure out what's going on. I, I'm excited. I'm going to go to some of those seminars. I'm going to go to those seminars. I took. I went up to Sacramento uh, basically to introduce what we do for our insurance program that's never been in the history of insurance before. And while I was there, ran across the same booth we're talking about from Johnson, and they had things there. I go, all right, so what's the difference between electronics and what is this? I've heard about this. And they showed me around there, and I was I was completely wowed. I've been in the sport, as you know, forever. Uh, we 
we, we go back a long time. The Halls and I, his, his, uh, his brother went to Van Nuys High with me. We've known each other for years. But with all of the years I've been in this, it, it continues to just blow me away about with what we've got to, to uh, be able to utilize for our fishing nowadays. It's really, really, really actually exciting. It's fun. You know, Stan and Bart, even though we're talking about, you know, graduate studies when it comes into fishing and electronics and what you need for your boat, we don't want to get past the fact that if you are a square one fisherman or you've just entered the sport or you're on square one and you want to go from there too, actually there are far more opportunities for you to learn about the sport, learn about equipment, learn about destinations and, you know, some of this more esoteric stuff we're talking about, because that's what the whole show is built around, I think, Bart. Well, it, it is. It's built around everything. I mean, you know, uh, these people often say, well, I love the saltwater show because most of the dealers are saltwater dealers, but uh, 80% of the people that attend Long Beach and all of our shows fish and fresh water. So we, we like to think of ourselves as, uh, as everything, everything fixed. That's what we try to provide. As a matter of fact, one of those electronic seminars is simply titled How to Catch Fish or Sonar. What you sonar? So, you know, we're, we're, we're out there. We can give you, we can give you the, uh, the basics or we can give you the in-depth, whatever it is you need to do. And, and we have 400 seminars in the five days at Long Beach. We have 200 seminars in the four days at Del Mar. And we'll have 100 seminars up at uh, Bakersfield in three days. So I can't. The, I if you want to get involved wait. in fishing, you come to the shows and go to one of those seminars. They'll, they'll, we'll, get, we'll tell you what you need to know. Come on, Wendy. I, I cannot wait to become a civilian in the fishing industry so I can sit <laughs> down at all of your seminars. Yeah. <laughs> you know the other part is too if you're a if you're just a neophyte and you're coming into i don't really know what i want and gosh it's really confusing the cool part is you can walk up to the booth and tell them you know i'm a i'm just getting into this i need to fix up my little aluminum boat with something it's my first one whatever that is and they will sit down with you and explain here check this out this, this is how you use this and it's really simple and I mean, it is really now it's just push button simple on a lot of stuff. It's even touch simple like a lot of your phones are or your your computers are at home. So don't be intimidated by this. Come and play. I mean, it's really it's really wonderful what's available in our world today. You know, yeah, Stan I, and uh, I, yeah. Stan, Wendy, and I we have booths at the show, and I've got to tell you, Wendy, I'm in the same uh, uh, boat as you. As I don't think, especially in Long Beach that being in the booth that I've ever had a chance to see all the show. And we urge all of our listeners that if you're going to go to Long Beach, you're going to go to the Bakersfield show or even the San Diego, you got to dedicate a major amount of time to be there because you just can't breeze through it. Uh, a lot of times you get, you, you find a booth that you like and you're talking to an individual there that has something really interesting that you're interested in and you you uh, uh, you spend 45 minutes there, and it you, you got to just budget the time there. That's all I can tell you, especially for Long Beach. It's, you can't do it in a couple hours. Well, you know, mm. you, even Del Mar, you, there's no way you can, if you want to see everything at Del Mar, there's no way you can do it in a day. 
You know, and, and Long Beach is a three-day event. That's just how it is. If you wanted to see it. But pe- people do, you know, they have to cherry pick because they have a limited amount of time. So that's what happens. Now, Bart, if you will, just quickly review for us the dates of the three shows coming up and their location and uh, any other information that we need to know. Well, the Long Beach show is at the Long Beach Convention Center. It's March uh, 6th through the 10th. Uh, the next show we go to is Bakersfield. It's at the Kern County Fairgrounds. It's March 15th to the 17th. And then we move on down to the Del Mar Fairgrounds for the San Diego show, which is March 28th through the 31st. Um, very excited about all of these events. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, everybody thinks we only work a couple weeks a year, but we've been, we've been planning for these, all of these events since, uh, the shows ended last year. And very excited to have them coming up and, uh, I, I can't wait for the doors to open and people to come in. Well, it, you know, Bart, and I know you love all your children, but you've told us in the past that the San Diego show is actually one of your most favorite shows. Well, it's not only my most favorite show, it's the most favorite show of the exhibitors. Because what it is is, Long Beach is a bucket list show. It is the largest consumer fishing show on the planet. Okay, so... So you have to go to see that. But because it's so big, it's very difficult to spend quality time with anybody. I mean, you're really, there's so much going on. It's impossible for us to see it all, like we said, in a day. You, you have to spend multiple days there to really get to know that show. Whereas in Del Mar, it, it's still the, probably the fifth largest show in the country. But, it, but it's, it's, much, it's more relaxed. It's more intimate. I get a chance to visit with my exhibitors there. I don't get the chance to talk to exhibitors in Long Beach. Everybody's too damn busy. But, it, but in Del Mar, I will get a chance to every now and then get somebody aside and talk to them for 10 or 15 minutes. So it, it is my favorite show. It's the favorite show of exhibitors. But so, some of my travel people say it's the most productive show they do in the United States. They sell more trips out of, out of Del Mar than they sell anywhere else in the country. So... You know, it's a, it's a nice mix of being a big show, but not too big that you don't have time to spend with people. So I, I do love the San Diego. Uh, Bart, uh, uh, we're just about running out of time here. In the, in the last minute or so, can you tell us if people miss some of the details about the upcoming shows, where might they be able to go to uh, uh, get the, uh, the details and write them down? Well, you know, I want to tell you our website, but I will tell you this. It's very difficult with all that we have going on to keep this website up to date. There's so much happening. Like I told you, we're doing the Marine seminars right here as I speak in my living room. Uh, You know, it it is very, very difficult. So over the next week, we hope to have everything on the website. Western Outdoor News is going to be publishing their show issue. Everything will be in Western Outdoor News as well. So if you could get a copy of the Fred Hall show issue of Western Outdoor News, everything that we've talked about, everything that's going on in all the shows will, will be there. The, the first one, of course, that comes out is Long Beach, and then the, the one in Bakersfield is the Bakersfield, California. But then Western Outdoor News, again, for the San Diego show. So we try to, get, we try to keep it on our website as best as best we can, but it's very difficult to keep all all this stuff going on and, and up to date. All right. Bart, we appreciate your time uh, with your busy schedule the way it is to spend time to talk to not only Stan, Wendy, and myself, 
with regards to the upcoming show, but also our listeners. I, I can't thank you enough. And if we don't speak to you before Long Beach or Bakersfield comes along, uh, we look forward to seeing you at the show. Oh, me too, guys. I, I, I wish I had more time this time of year to visit, but thank you for having me on. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk about the Fred Hall shows. All right. Hey, thank you very much. That was Bart Hall, head promoter for the Fred Hall Shows, coming to Southern California starting in just a couple of weeks. You're not going to want to miss it. You can go to Rod and Real Radio on Facebook, and we've got the schedule for the Bart Hall, uh, the Fred Hall Shows there. Uh, check them on out, and then go to their website and check out any other pertinent details you may need. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next... Jerry Mayhew from the Saltwater Bass Association is going to be with us. You're not going to want to miss this report. So stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? If you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. 
It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio, and why don't we welcome our next guest. He is the director of the Saltwater Bass Association. He has been running the series of tournaments for a few years here in Southern California. He just finished a spotted bay bass tournament in Mission Bay this past weekend. He had to adjust it a little bit because of the conditions, but we have him on to let us know how it came off. Let me introduce everyone to Jerry Mayhew. Jerry, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good to, good to be back. It is going really well. Yeah. Jerry, uh, uh, tell us, uh, uh, the Saltwater Bass Association, you had an event planned for uh, launching out of uh, you know Dana Landing uh, launch ramp over there uh, that you kind of had to adjust a little bit. Tell us what happened, what you did, and how did it turn out? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I, I really keep a good eye on the weather. Uh, <clears throat> if I do need to make a change, I don't like to make it, you know, the day or two days before. Uh, we had a big forecast for wind. And, um, you know, insurance-wise and safety-wise, it was, it was smart to bring it to the inside. So it was going to be a coastal event. And uh, we brought it inside the Mission Bay. I gave the teams plenty of heads up. Hey, change your gear up. We're fishing for spotties. And uh, it was pretty breezy, <clears throat> you know, most all of the day. I think about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, the wind let up a little bit. But uh, it was a very windy day. Uh, conditions were tough overall. The water was a little off color. and uh, But the teams adjusted, <clears throat> and we had some good weights. And we still had 47 teams show up, so that was that was, you know, that was a good day. That was exceptional. You know, uh, an excellent turnout. And as a lot of people know, uh, the San Diego Anglers they had their Bay Bass tournament that was rescheduled for this last Saturday, and because of a number of dish, uh, conditions, they had to cancel it. And uh, you know, I think they're standing tall with regards to making that decision. And you have to realize that San Diego Bay doesn't have uh, uh, has a lot more exposure than Mission Bay does when it comes to wind and and wakes and and all that type of stuff. Absolutely, you know, uh, San Diego Bay is very open compared to Mission Bay. Mission Bay, you can tuck in, you can get you know under the bridges, in the coves, in the upper ends. There's a lot of little nooks and crannies where you can fish in Mission Bay where San Diego Bay doesn't offer that. And, you know, that San Diego Bay Open is a gigantic event. And, uh, you know, it's it's better to be safe than even a little bit sorry. And uh, I think they made the right call. And um, so, yeah, it's that's a tough one for many people, you know, who, who look forward to fishing, get their gear ready all week. I, I get it. I'm a tournament guy myself, just like Stan. And, and by the way, Stan, congrats. Uh, on your second place finish again up at Lake Casitas, you're on a tear, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it's been good. I can't complain. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. I, I talked to Matt, and boy, Matt is just flustered. He goes, boy, Stan's just on a tear. He goes, people are catching fish, and we're just not. And I said, you know, it's just one of those years. So, tournament well, fishing. You know, there's, that's tournament fishing, and there's always there's always an angle to that, you know, that that you can get on a little bit of a, a, a bite and, and figure out a little bit of something. These fish are on the move, and in the next two weeks, things are going to change, and then two weeks after that, things are going to change again. The trick really is just kind of letting the fish tell you what they want and following them until they come up to the bank, because once they hit the bank, it's anybody's ball game, and you know how that goes. Sure, absolutely. You're, you have done a fabulous job, and Jerry, I, I'm sure Jerry's tournament circuit too, uh, but, and we talked, but he's done a great job of keeping the guys going and, and making the right decision, Jerry, by the, by the way. I think that's the, the best thing you could do to continue, hey, fishing's fishing, and everybody's got the same, you know, uh, attempting to go out there and catch the, the fish if you've got to change it because of safety, best thing you can happen. You're still going to fish, but you're you're going to fish in a safe environment, and everybody's got the same chances. So I think you did great, bud. Yeah, and, and you know, fortunately, you know, Mission Bay, you know, Dana Landing, the area there, you know, it offered an option. Um, as, as, you know, I, I think next year I'm, I'm going to have to focus a little bit on some of my venue locations and, and have that as a backup in case the weather does come up. Uh, Safety is always number one, so... Yes. Thank goodness, you know, the SBS teams, they're fairly rounded. And, uh, you know, with a quick adjustment, not one team showed up with only outside gear being, you know, calicos and sandbass gear. So everybody got plenty of heads up, and, you know, they were able to, you know, make the adjustment and show up and give it their best. Yeah, Jerry, uh, you know they were greeted, as you said, with uh, a little wind, uh, obviously cooler temperatures, uh, maybe darker or dingier water. Uh, from what you were able to glean from the fishermen, uh, how were they able to catch their fish? And was there any areas that were more productive than others that you could uh, ascertain? Well, I'll tell you what. Traditionally, you know, you have uh, Quivera Basin, a little bit deeper, 18, 22 feet on average, depending on the tide. Uh, uh, we had, uh, we had uh, Bobby and Garrett who finished first place, uh, Bobby Martinez and Garrett Ching. They weighed 8.10. They were flipping and pitching six- and eight-pound test, little uh, swim baits behind the pilings. These fish were positioned behind the pilings. This was something they kind of figured out, like Stan says, as you go, the fish kind of dictate what you need to do. Uh, That area got, you know, pretty pressured. So these guys were able to adjust. Uh, They lost quite a few fish due to the light line, but... They were able to get quite a few bites, and, uh, you know, the deal is you you got to get the bite first and deal with some casualties uh, and, and hope you can put five good ones in the boat, and that's what those guys did. Um, you know, first place, I'll tell you what, the rookies, they had an exceptional weekend. They spanked the Masters this weekend. Uh, they did better than the Masters. You know, our our rookie, top rookie team weighed 883, and these guys fished out in the open, A-rigs, um, small creature baits through the grass, small swim baits, and just covering a lot of water using the anchor to fish out the back of the boat in those windy conditions. They just adjusted, and, um, you know, they were able to uh, 
you know, to outdo the Masters. And a lot of the rookie teams did really well this weekend. I was impressed. So it was good. That's uh, the key to success is being able to see the conditions and adjust accordingly because yep. uh, really important. And, you know, sometimes us older guys, and I'm not talking about you or I'm not talking about you, Wendy. <laughs> we, uh, we have a hard time adjusting and we're trying to jam a round peg through a square hole. And we're going to, you know, it's worked for us in the past and we're going to, yeah, it's going to make it work for us. And we're not as open to change as uh, some of these newer guys that, uh, you know, they've got a bunch of stuff in the boat and they're going to keep on throwing different stuff until they start catching fish. I tell you what, the key to any kind of tournament fishing is maintaining and keeping an open mind. You don't want to get locked in. Like, like Stan was saying, you, you let the fish kind of dictate what they want. You know, uh, I'm sitting here watching MLF and, and, and Bassmaster and all that stuff. Um, and and it comes down to being versatile, keeping an open mind. Don't ever get locked in, and that's that's a cool thing, you know, about the series having masters division and rookie family division. Everybody everybody has their own interpretation, and on any given day, you know, somebody's going to be dialed in, and you know they're going to come to the scales and and be pleasantly surprised. It's uh, it's very cool to watch. Tournament fishing's awesome. I love it. All right, now you know, Jerry. Even though. You sized down the area that the fishermen could fish, and uh, you changed uh, the species that they could uh, get for. It didn't mean, though, there was any difference in the money that was paid back to them. You, uh, the guys that uh, came and fished you and, and did well were uh, rewarded handsomely. Absolutely. You know, um, you know, I have great paybacks. I have a really good sponsor base. Uh, the biggest... You know, fish of the tournament, uh, I believe, gosh, what was it? I think it was a, what was it? It was a 226 spotty. Not a giant oh, fish, but a, a good nice one. one. These yeah, guys had the option spot, to pick though. from three igloo coolers. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I, I tell you what, um, I'm looking forward to the next one in Long Beach on uh March 23rd. So I've, I've done a little bit of change on the March 23rd event because we've had now two spotty events. So anybody interested in fishing the, uh, you know, the next event in March, uh, I've opened up the outside and still maintained, you know, spotties at two times their weight. So the teams in this next event are going to have a lot of options uh, as far as fishing spotties, targeting spotted bay bass, or fishing calicos and sand bass. You know, Jerry, you still have a, a, a number of different events coming up. Uh, uh, you change them around for different species, uh, for a different experience for the fishermen. Where can someone go to find out exactly where your schedule is, where you're going to be, what you're going to be fishing for in the event that maybe they don't want, they don't have the time or they can't fish all of them, but they, there's a couple of three that they can fish. They think they're capable of fishing. Uh, where do they go to get this information? Well, they can go straight to the website at uh, saltwaterbassseries.com. They can check out uh, a little bit of Facebook stuff, Saltwater Bass Series or SBS Fishing. They can get quite a bit of information there. And then, you know, my, my contacts are on, you know, both the website and social media. If anybody ever has any questions, they can call me up. I talk with a lot of people during the course of the week, every week. Um, 
you know, I've got new guys jumping into this next event. Uh, they're just really excited. Uh, people on the fence about getting into tournament fishing. I'll tell you what, the rookie family division has brought in a whole new uh, bunch of people with it, this interest. And uh, fishing alongside the Masters, yet fishing only against other rookie family teams is really, really fun. Um, it's a great format. And uh, all the information's there, and if anybody needs anything, you can always call me. I always return my calls, and uh, I love talking to people. So anybody that has an interest, get a hold of me. Jerry, we only have about a minute left, but I know uh, no tournament organization, uh, uh, no tournament director can just do this on their own. You've got the support of a lot of great sponsors. Uh, why don't you just run down a couple of three of those sponsors that uh, – are, are helping you uh, run these events and pay back to the fishermen, uh, uh, you know, uh, great payouts. Well, I'll tell you what, Mercury Marine, you know, Daiwa, I've got West Coast Trailers. I've got Wayne Redmond down at West Coast Trailers. I've got, uh, boy, I've got Costa Del Mar Sunglasses. I've got Lucky Craft. I've, I've got them all. I've got Traeger Grills. I've got, you know, all the best sponsors dealer tire and wheels elite auto care i've got ben green insurance you know stan you're an insurance guy ben is a huge fisherman and he says you know what i want to fish some of your events and uh so he got involved and i'll tell you what ben's a new guy in town he's three years into this and he's trying to go nationwide and that's a that's a big step it's a big step. I'll tell you what, he's, he's a pretty motivated fella. I'll tell you what, good dude, fisherman like you and I, um, it's all good. We all walk the same circle. Uh, I'm very appreciative of all the sponsors, you know, Salty Crew and, and Olakai Sandals, Owner Hooks, you name it. Uh, you know, the series honestly has some of the best, and I'm going to say most of the best, you know, manufacturers in the industry. And I'm very, very, uh, happy to have them involved and it's it's been really good they've been very generous to the teams and uh, i'm looking forward to the year in championship where i'm going to raffle off another 115 four-stroke mercury motor and and it's going to be awesome (laughs) you got the best stuff in town to give away (laughs) oh i I love it you know my, my whole year is focused around uh filling those six foot tables with product for the championship so that's great stuff. And not only that, Stan, when you get off the water, he's uh, normally got great hot food and beverages and all the guys. It, it, you can tell that the guys appreciate it because at the events that I've been in, everybody sticks around. They applaud those guys, uh, those teams that did well. They, but they also have a lot of fun with, with great things to eat and the anticipation of winning some uh, some you know super prizes, even if maybe they didn't do well in the standings. So, Jerry, congratulations with that with the uh, Saltwater Bass Association. We look forward to you know keeping track of what you're doing and just wish you continued success in 2019. Awesome, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Have a good night, All Jerry. Right. Give me a call during the week. I'll catch you then. How's that? Sounds good, buddy. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. But coming up next from Angels Camp, California, is bass angler Alex Neapis. And, boy, 
Can we learn some things from Alex when it comes to catching big fish? Stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. All right, thank you. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This is John from Angler's Arsenal. Since 1983, Angler's Arsenal has served the needs of the fishing community throughout Southern California, and now we are continuing that tradition out of our new retail store on Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. I invite you to make the trip to visit with Chuck, Dan, Jonathan, and Marvin and draw from the wealth of fishing information my crew has amassed over the many years of fishing experience. They will make your time on the water more productive. When it comes to products, Angler's Arsenal carries all the major brands you've come to know and trust over the years. My knowledgeable staff will make sure you are fitted with the right quality tackle you've been looking for. We're known for servicing those reels and rods you've depended on and used over the course of the season. Bring them into us and we'll make sure they work and look better than the day they came out of the factory. Angler's Arsenal is also the home of Western Plastics, your one-stop shopping center for the fresh and saltwater hand-poured plastics you've depended on since 1985. Looking for those specially wrapped fishing rods? Angler's Arsenal can build you a stick that will put a hurt on any mean old fish that comes your way. Now we're open Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Give us a call at 619-466-8355 to discuss your fishing needs. Or better yet, stop by and visit with us at 12255 Woodside Avenue in Lakeside. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone-crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen, including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407 or enter the words Code Group in the app store on your smartphone. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio. I, <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara, and myself, Hopalong John Cassidy, we want to welcome you back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, before we get to our next guest, though, in the first hour, we had Bart Hall from the Fred Hall Shows with us, and Bart has left a couple of complimentary tickets for one Rod and Reel Radio listener to uh, uh, pick up at the show, and you get free admission to the show. 
Uh, what we're going to do is uh, just uh, go to Rod and Real Radio on Facebook and tell us why you would like those tickets. And uh, we'll take uh, the best entry and uh, make sure that your name is in will call when the first day of the Fred Hall Long Beach show comes about. So thank you, Bart Hall, for the tickets. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Hey, hey, we're going to go on to our next guest. This guy has been ripping up the bass circuit in Northern California this year. He started off like a house of fire. He's also got the largest bass records on one of not more lakes uh, up in the Northern California area. He's on a tear right now. We want to bring our Southern California audience to the attention of this fisherman, Mr. Uh, Alex Neapis from Angels Camp, California. Alex, welcome to the show, sir. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Hey, it, it's great having you aboard, but uh, you know what? Your name is not one that I don't know myself, and I know Stan, he knows everybody, so he might be familiar <laughs> with. But a lot of us here in SoCal haven't heard about us. Tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how you came up uh, in into the fishing world before you got to this tournament we're going to be talking about, in particular, the Wild West Bass Tournament that was at Lake Shasta a couple of weeks ago. No, I was uh, pretty much... Uh... All through my childhood, I loved fishing, and um, through, you know, middle school, I used to go fishing with one of my buddy school friends, and used to hit all local ponds, and uh, and as I got in high school, I started fishing in a local bass club, the Calaveras Bass Anglers, and uh, we started, uh, that's when I started doing tournaments, and uh, I met some uh, um, local uh, gentlemen, uh, Tom Shockton is, you know, one of my uh, good friends, and we uh, did a lot of uh, team tournaments together, and uh, Jerry Harvey, too, and uh, that's how I got started, the tournament bug, and uh, they they taught me some, and then, uh, you know, I went on myself and, you know, started to throw swim baits and learn that uh, trade. You also and, have two other great, great fishermen in town. There you got Dennis Lee, who's an uh, old pro, and his son Robert Lee, that everybody knows if you've been around fishing for a while. You got some talent yeah. coming out of Angels Camp right there, yeah. along with the guys yeah. you're fishing with. Yeah, yeah. Tom Shockton was, was uh, I guess they were uh, him and Dennis Lee were really good friends. Yep, yep. And so, and then, uh, and started from there. And, uh, right. and I just kind of expanded on to that. Well, then you give, you, you've got somewhere along the way, somebody taught you how to use the swim bait. Cause that's the first thing watching from as a pro that's fished the, the, uh, the Northern lakes and seeing the average size bass for Shasta, you know, you're going to get that two, two and a half pound fish and have a 12, 13 pound limit. And you got a pretty good shot. You get 15 pounds in, in Shasta, and you're doing doggone good. But you, on the other hand, had a phenomenal, and, and it's not only one, you've done this more than once, we're going to talk about that, you had a phenomenal limit, where on the second day, the guy that's coming in behind you said, you know, I'm in second place, and I only got to get 25 pounds to catch it. <laughs> the guy in first, <laughs> that doesn't happen. 
No, <laughs> that, yeah, that was pretty spectacular. Kind of the self-taught. I mean, you have to go out and do it yourself, kind of thing. Um, nobody could tell you and teach you. You, you it's better off. You're going to be better off just to go out and throw it yourself and uh, learn it yourself. And um, you know, that's what I had to do for. Um, you know, I struggled with it for three or four years before I put it together in the tournaments. And, well, uh, talk a little bit about what you're talking, how, what you're talking about on that arena. Cause the swim bay thing, I mean, it came from Southern California down here, Castaic, Casitas, um, and, and the San Diego lakes, you know, diamond Valley became a yeah. swim bay lake and the lakes down below, but, but they all have their own personality and they all like a different swim bay. It's not always yeah. the same. So talk to us a little bit about what you figured out with Jasta. But Shasta, um, you know, it was. It reminds me of uh, my home lake in New Maloney's. Um, yes, it's pretty similar. the The structure and cover is pretty identical, and the and the big spots and the big largemouth act the same in a way. You know, they, you know, they seem to like main lake points, um, and. Um, and if you find cover on them, and that's even better. And uh, when I was at Shasta, we, you know, we, I used the, uh, I got a new uh, Lawrence Live. And it oh, shoots there a, you go, right there. We were just talking about that. It, yeah, it, it shoots a, per, a perfect image of, you know, what you're seeing down there and what the cover is. And that helped me significantly. And uh, I used that probably to find two of my spots. You know the spots on spots, yeah. Right. And uh, and it made it you know pretty easy after that. Yeah, now we're talking. So. We just talked about the electronics for the Fred Hall show a little earlier to come and see what's new and what's hot and what's available to fishing nowadays. What he's talking about is live screen TV, basically for shooting the the signal out over the top of the point that you're going to be fishing or the area you're going to be fishing, and you can yeah. see the fish that are sitting there, which makes yeah, it a I, whole new ball game. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it makes it a whole lot easier. And, yeah. And it really does. It, I mean, it could make an average fisherman uh, very good. Well, let's just go yeah. back to the first day of your, uh, your, this tournament here. Uh, we'll come back around and visit this some more. But first day of your tournament on this Shasta tournament up here, um, you had a, a pretty good, good day. <laughs> yeah, I actually I started off pretty tentatively. I I, um, I started on what I thought were more of a smaller fish. Um, I threw jigs and some swim baits, and I caught you know I caught a four and a half first thing on a swim bait, and. Uh, I was throwing some jigs, and I ended up catching a limit. And uh, I ran around um, hitting some other spots, and I ended up catching another, like a three-pounder. That was my smallest fish on the first day on a swim bait. And um, and as I ran into uh, to where I thought my big fish spots in the afternoon, and that's when I, I caught two sixes. And um, after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to, and they're not going to catch any more. I'm going to save them for the next two days. So you had at the end of your first day how much weight? Uh, two sixes, a four, and a three. And a, just how much? Just under two. 
uh, 20 pounds, uh, 0.92, just under okay, 21. Now that, going back and talking, we just talked about that. The average guy is going to weigh 10 to, to 15. Is that where most of the people are going to fall into that, that category there because of the spotted bass? And you're going to catch yeah. a lot of them, but not always big ones. So you're already, what, four or five pounds ahead of, uh, who was in second? Was it Greg that was in second? Uh, yeah, Greg was in second. He had uh, over 15. Yeah, with over 15. You got five pounds on top of him. And so now take us into the second day. This is where it starts to get pretty good. <laughs> pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I told myself uh, on the second day I'm just going to go out and try to win it and i started on my big fish spot and uh first is this spot a point? i was able to catch just an area uh it's an area and uh certain spots specific okay. spots i was uh um i caught them fairly well i uh, thought they had high potential and um uh i started on uh, uh just a main lake point where there was a school of big spots and uh ended up catching that uh eight pounder so yeah, you, I think it weighed, was that your I first was, fish of the second day? That was my first fish of the second day. Or actually, no, it was my <laughs> second fish. Oh, okay. I caught a. I, I started off. I the wind was blowing really bad, and I couldn't get in position right. I was waiting for the camera boat and whatnot. Uh, I threw up and caught a a small little dink on a darter head, like a pound and a half fish. Um, but then when I got to my key spot, when the wind, once the, I was able to get catch up to the to the point the wind was blowing so bad i uh i caught the big uh the big spot so you got an eight pound what was it eight and a quarter or something like that 833 when i weighed it myself yeah. i weighed over nine um i'm not sure what um i'm not sure what happened if my scale was wrong or if their scales are wrong but it um but it, on way, my scale weighed 833 you've got a one pound fish an eight pound fish and that and and one thing the the world record spots about 11 or 12 pounds right now i think it's 12 pounds out of bullet's barred and yeah. um and so now this is a fish that's almost a, a spot bass of a lifetime that you put on the boat and you got to be pretty happy with that situation right there yeah and now you keep i was pretty uh, i was a little i had a lot of nerves i wasn't sure if you know i was gonna they're gonna bite but uh after you know, after that first fish, I you know I yelled out a couple screams, you know, loud yells. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had I asked the cameraman, did I uh, did I say any profanity? I wasn't sure. You know, I was kind of on cloud nine then, and then uh, he's like, no, you didn't. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> and then we uh, after we landed that fish, and um, I made a couple casts there, and we I didn't get bit, and I moved on to the next spot. Um, I idled. It was pretty close, right next to where I caught the eight pound spot, and uh, we idled to the next next point over there, and then that's when I made that uh, I made the cast up there, and I caught that thirteen pound largemouth. So, so back to back points because they're right next to each other. You throw what swim bait, if you don't mind us asking, what swim bait were well, you throwing? It's a uh, new prototype bait. Um, it's uh, most people who ever, uh, know it as a bait smith, but it's, uh, it's going to be called a hog hunter swim bait. The new yep. prototype tail, and um, it should be out to the public this summer for people to buy. 
Um, and that's, uh, that's a new tail, and I'm, I've caught a lot of big fish on it so far this year and last year. End of last year, I got my hands on it, and, uh, I mean, it's produced a lot of big fish. How about the pattern on that, Alex? You know, a lot of people think, well, if I'm going to throw a swim bait, I'm going to, you know, throw something that looks like a rainbow trout. Is that yeah? Is that something yeah. you were going by, or were you trying yeah. actually different colors? No, yeah. uh, uh, rainbow trout is what I was throwing, and it, it there was so many trout. I've seen. I was surprised how many trout are in that lake. I wasn't, you know, I suspected, you know, there were some trout or kokanee or something, but. Going back in coves and creek arms, uh, I was shocked how many trout I've seen. I was like, okay, this is they're eating trout here. There's enough trout for them to eat. They're all well, all of the rivers, seen, all of yeah, the rivers. I've seen five, five pound trout. And I've seen, you know, a little 10 inch trout. I was like, okay. The trout so. coming down because trout coming into it. Oh, Pitt's got trout coming down into it. If they get heavy rains and all the trout come down into the lake. They don't like the dirty water either but yeah. it's also got a large salmon population landlocked salmon that are in there and yeah. uh it's it's really a great fishery but you're fishing these bigger swim baits uh up yeah. there you've got a eight pound eight and th- eight and a third or eight and a quarter pounds um of a spot which has got to be that that right there gets you ripped up your next fish is 13 and some change which yeah all right uh, I I have to sit down for a second, and let my heart come back. <laughs> but but at that point in time, you got to be pretty happy, and you're not done yet. Yeah, no, no, and uh, yeah, that second fish was uh, a spot I found on the uh, live, the new live HDS wow. live. Um, um, there was a big stump sitting dead on a point, and um, um, and it was a it's actually a spot I didn't catch any fish pre-fishing or never got bit, um, but I just had a feeling that there's something there. There had to be something there, and the water was coming up drastically. And when I found it, it was only in about five to six feet. And I think time second day of the tournament, there was probably over nine feet on it, eight feet, and uh, it was prime position. And uh, first cast on it, once I brought it over. Literally, I moved it. Maybe I got it. Maybe three or four feet over that stump, and he uh, he hit it. Hey, Alex, wow. we got to take we got to take a break right now. Is there any okay. way I can get you to stay on for a little bit longer, and you can uh, yes. finish your story, yes. and then we've got a few yeah. other questions to ask you? Sure. No All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I we're going to take a break right now. We have this hour's guest with us, Alex. Uh, Neapis, uh, he is the champion of Lake Shasta for the Wild West Bass Circuit that was uh, held there a couple of uh, tournament that was held there a couple of weeks ago. Stay tuned. There's going to be a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages.
Three Series Angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gumkatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gumkatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gumkatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, we're talking with Alice Neapis. He is the champion of the Wild West Bass Tournament on Lake Shasta did it in rather dramatic fashion. And Stan, you were taking us through the the three days. You were at the, almost the end of day two. You want to continue with the questions yeah, with we, Alex? Yeah, there we were with a, a one pound, a one and three quarters, an eight and a third, and a thirteen and some change in the boat. We're not done yet. So, so what happened after that? Well, I. Uh... You know, after I caught the 13, I was kind of a little done for 10 minutes. I was, you know, <laughs> you know, doing some strategy. I was like, well, should I quit it or not? Or And uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to go for a couple more. And I went to another, uh, I went to another spot. Um, it was uh, up the river a little more. And um, were you in the sack, two- the pit? Where were you? I was mind. in the pit river. Okay, pit. that figures. Anyhow, yeah, I was. I keep was, going. Uh, all every, I was in the squall and pit um, throughout the you know the three days and. Um, yep. But the, the most of the big ones came in the pit on and uh, so I ran up a couple miles up there and I threw up on a, another main lake point and uh, and I hooked a, uh, I hooked one and I got it almost to the boat. You know, almost in the net reach, net where the net could get to it, maybe a foot or two. And it comes up and jumps and throws it, and that was about a six and a half pound spot. Dang! Wow. You know, yeah, I started screaming and I was kind of upset, and uh, 
I, I knew then if I had that fish, I would really have a big bag. And then uh, next, I made one more cast, and um, I caught a five-pound spot. And um, we're sitting pretty good, with, <laughs> knowing that the average weight bag is going to come in, and it's maybe not as good as that one thirteen-pound largemouth you got. But we're yeah. doing, we're going for broke yeah. here, so we got another five. Now what? Yeah, and I was okay, and I was you know calculating in my head, and I was like, okay, you know, it's probably close to. Well, I got pretty much like twenty six, twenty seven pounds, and um, <laughs> I went and I went to another. Uh, I went to another spot where I wasn't. It wasn't really a swim bait spot, but it was a spot where I could catch, you know, you know, pound and a half to two pound spots, and uh, I threw out a darter head and caught a pound and a half, and. Um, you know, after that, I was calculating in my head. I think they had 30 pounds in. And I I know hindsight, you know, the weather was really good that day. I should have, you know, kept the throttle down and, you know, throw the big baits. And then I kind of was like, you know, I'm going to help my non-boat out. And I think this is around 11 o'clock. I, uh, I made it, you know, I thought to myself, I should just save these fish and just in case somebody else has like 20 something pounds and, um, for myself for the final day. Um, which is good because so, normally yeah. you'd win the tournament with 30 pounds, but you got yeah, it one I know. day. So. <laughs> I, you just never know. And then I was, you know, you I, was don't. Like, I know I gained, I, I knew I gained on the field. I had no clue how much or, or that, but I was, I made a, you know, a, a safe play. Significant, and, uh, a significant, a, had a significant day nonetheless. And, yeah. And now you got I, another day I to kinda, fish too. So. Yeah. Yeah. You just never know, you know, what the other, you know, competitors might bring in. And it's possible if another competitor bring in 25. And then, but I knew there's, you know, probably slim none, none chance they had 30. So I was like, okay, I'm going to play it safe and help my non-boat out. And, um, Took him to the other spots, and he was able to catch a three pounder, I think, on the second day, and, and some other quality fish. But uh, well, that's that's a great one. One thing that's really good. That's really great, great to do because not everybody thinks about the other guy in the boat, and you've got a great limit. And thinking about the other guy and letting him put the fish in the boat, give him a chance to win some money too. Is that's yeah. a pretty positive deal. Yeah, that. You know, I didn't want to be selfish and, you know, bring in. I could have possibly, you know, had like a 36, 37 pound bag, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think I, you know, probably had it one then and there, but I, you just never know. And you want to save yourself or save fish for yourself on the final day. Well, that's what I mean. When you come in at the end of the second day, you had 20 pounds the first day, 30 pounds the second day, 50 pounds limit for two days, and you got another day to fish. In yeah. a tournament that normally 30 pounds is going to take any tournament at, at uh, Shasta, and and you're in the league, and that's when I think Greg Terrace said, "Hey, you know, I'm only 25 pounds behind. I think I got a chance." <laughs> <laughs> no. so, uh, that was pretty yeah. good stuff. But man, oh man, what a fabulous day of, of fishing! Now, since then, I we've John's talked to you, and he's told me you've had other days. Now you ended up winning this tournament. Um, you yeah. with uh, 
probably with just the 50 you had, but you went out and I think you got some fish the next day to come out and win the, win the tournament overall. But yeah. John has said you have had more than one day where you caught 30 pounds of fish on Shasta or in the, in the arenas up in Northern California there. Why don't you talk a little yeah. bit about that too? Yeah, we've, uh, yeah, on my local lake at Don Pedro. Um, yep. We've caught a couple, uh, and even Lake McClure, uh, we had over a couple of tournaments over 30 pounds and, um, and at Don Pedro, we fished a, a, a tournament with the four fish limit, and we had uh, 32.98. Wow. Uh, four fish. You know, oh, and, uh, fish there. Alex, that? for so, Alex, what for some of the people, oh, go on, Stan. I just want to know what his big fish for, for the four fish limit was. Uh, Eleven pounder. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My team partner, uh, Jason Rimmers, he, uh, he caught that. Attaboy, um, attaboy Jason. Uh, yeah. Alex, there's a lot of people that are out here going, holy Christopher, this guy is tearing them up on, on swim baits. So let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the technique and, and start off with your, uh, your rod and your reel. Uh, do you have a variety of different rods and actions that you're using? And, and how about the reels that you're using to fish swim baits with? Well, I start off, I like to throw the uh, Daiwa Luna 253L, uh, left-handed. Yeah. And um, I put a, I like oh. to use, I use 25-pound Seaguar uh, and Vizx fluorocarbon. And um, and I have, you know, quite a few different rods. Uh, I throw a, um, uh, a Dobbins 860, uh, 807 mag. And uh, yep. sometimes I, th- and then I do a, uh, uh, a Kuma swim bait rod. That Okuma rod's pretty doggone good too. I like that rod a lot. What's that? So I like that Okuma rod a lot. Mark Rogers, the yeah. guy that put that together for Okuma and that's a great stick. Yeah. No. Yeah. Actually I bought that rod when it first came out in probably 2005 or six and I still use it. Yeah. No, that's and a good probably, stick. That's a really good one. Yeah. Especially for yeah, a swim bait. What's that? Especially for a swim bait, that's a good stick. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good rod. I've caught a lot of big fish on it, and uh, I think I paid eighty nine dollars for it back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, that's what I'm I'm sitting here, and a lot of people have to realize, you know, there are a lot of name brands on the market that you can pay upwards of three hundred, four hundred dollars for, and here's here's a fellow that is knocking them silly. And he got rods that are reasonably priced and readily available to everybody. Good job, yeah. Alex. Yeah, it doesn't it so what it doesn't make a difference, but I mean it's it's something I'm comfortable with and have uh maybe superstitious about. Um why I keep No, you're it. comfortable with the stick and you know how to use it and you know what yeah. it's gonna do. That that's part yeah. of the deal. When you got it's a tool that you use for throwing a bait that it works with. It's like the HUD yeah. works with a rod and, and, and a, a triple fish works with a different rod because of the action yeah. of the bait. Now your bait is your bait. The swim bait, is it a plastic bait? Is it a hard bait? Is it a lead head yeah. bait? What is it's the bait a, you're throwing? It's a plastic, it's a plastic bait. Um, and it imitates a trout. 
Um, looks like a trout. It's more realistic to me than any other trout imitation um, bait on the market. And uh, Alec, are you throwing different uh, sizes, different weights, uh, uh, no, different sinking actions, um, or what? Yeah, I, there's a they uh, they'll make a slow sink and a fast sink. And depending on the time of the year, I usually throw the most of the time I throw the fast sink. And um, and um, sometimes they you know the slow sink works a little better in uh, in the spring or something or when they're up shallow. I like to when throw the, the slow sink. Fish are up shallow, yeah. But if you got to you got to get it down to where the fish are, you throwing it out and, and counting it down and then bringing it bringing it by a target zone like that stump you yeah. were talking about. 10, 12 feet deep. You got to wait yeah. for it to get down there and throw it to the side and then swim it past that and wait for the yeah. fish to come out and get it or over yeah. the top. Yeah, because most of the time, you know, I, their fish are between 20 to 10 foot of water. And I kind of like the, I like the, the faster sink. I don't have to worry about counting it down too much. I could just throw it out or start reeling and let the bait sort of pendulum down to the target zone. And sure. uh, rather with the slow sink, you have to sit there for, I don't know how many seconds, probably 20 or 30 seconds to get down in that zone. And how about the reel that you're uh, fishing with? Is there one reel that you like, or do you have, a, again, a collection of different reels for the different no, rods I, you're using? Actually, I, I use uh, Daiwa, the Daiwa Luna, the 253, the 253 size. Okay. And uh, I I reel with the left hand retrieve, but um, but that reel seems to uh, that's another reel I've probably had for fifteen sixteen years, and I would probably rebuilt it once, had it rebuilt once, and uh, they seem to work really well. Now, are you tricking your swim baits out? Are you adding any extra stingers? Uh, do you use a scent on them for any reason for lubricity or scent, or you just have you been taking those things out of the package and and just yeah, giving them a toss? Just no, nah, just pretty much out of the package and give them a toss. I don't I don't put any scent on them. Um, I'm sure people think it. I don't. I personally don't think it matters, and I don't. I'm pretty sure it doesn't hurt, but. Um, to me, I, I keep it just out of the package. Most of those big fish go off the site, and uh, um, and yeah, since the vibration you know, through a lot of lines, I, agree. So I don't think they come up and mm, let's see what this is, and you know, or they where they're uh, Alex, do you, scent. I do you feel like you can? It, they commit to it, and they're going to eat it. You feel like you. Uh, uh, this is the prime time to be throwing swim baits. Or are you a guy that thinks that there are feeding fish out there that will hit a swim bait almost uh, uh, any time of the year? Yeah, they, most of the time, yeah, they will. Um, I used to, you know, quit around June, but I've uh, come to the conclusion that, that um, they'll bite swim baits every time of the year. You just have to fish them a little deeper in the winter, uh, in the summertime. You know, when they go out and suspend um you know when they get to that temperature line where you have to be out in that you know 30 40 feet down but uh they'll still eat them but the biggest thing is people don't present it to them because they're usually out suspended all right and do you have any uh 
aspirations of, of taking your fishing career to the, the next step or the next level, or are you comfortable with what you're doing right now? Yeah, I have an aspiration. I, you know, I thought about thinking about that, but, uh, I like fishing the wild west. I like fishing the West coast. Um, and wild west is, uh, they're some of the great, uh, great tournaments I've ever fished. They're class I agree. professional from everybody. And uh, guys, I enjoy fishing them. They run a class act, both Dobbins and, you know, the guys that run that uh, tournament for you. Uh, that is a, a great organization, well run, and everybody that fishes it loves it. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay. I mean, it's us. You know, we, yeah, probably for, I don't know, 10, 15 years, we were kind of, you know, not fishing. We we didn't quite have the tournament organizations like the yeah, Wild West. We always wanted it. Finally, we have you it. No, we. I'm I'm proud to be able to say that we've ensured that that uh, along with the 800 yeah. bass boat with most of the guys, the guys that fish the tournaments up there, and we ensure the tournament t- trail also. And Dobbins and I go way back also, so it's pretty it's pretty cool to see the success of the of that circuit. But everybody loves yeah. it. I don't yeah. think we have much time left with him. Do we need to get his sponsors, John? Yeah. Do you have people that are standing behind you, or has your phone been yeah. ringing off the hook yeah. after this? No, I like to thank uh, California Reservoir Lures and uh, uh, Hog Hunter Swim Baits, um, and hopefully this uh, this summer they'll be out. Um, and it's uh, H A W G Hog All right. Hog Hunter it's- Swim Baits, and uh, I think th- I'm not sure if the website's up yet, but uh, pretty soon it should be. And Alex, I just want to thank you and I, uh, how much I really admire you. You're just an everyday type of guy. Uh, I almost want to say like a weekend fisherman, but you, you've got it. You go out there and you compete and you've done really well. Uh, just congratulations on all your success. And we look forward to speaking to you in the future uh, with uh, future successes that you have. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. All right. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. There's more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines, including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? 
no depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Hey, before we get to our next segment, I just want to remind our listeners that we had Bart Hall on just a little earlier, and Bart has given us a couple of complimentary tickets to the Fred Hall Long Beach Show. All you have to do is get on Ron Real Radio on Facebook and tell us why you like the Bart Hall Show. And, you know, just before Long Beach, we will, uh, uh, you know, we'll pick a winner out of uh, those submitted, and you'll be able to pick up. Tickets for two for the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach. Great value to a great operation. Hey, listen, you know, our co-host, Wendy Toshihara, has been representing the rights of fishermen and actually hunters here in California for a long time. She's, you know, was on the Blue Ribbon Committee for the MLPAs. And then she's uh, one of the directors for the CCA, the Coastal Conservation Association. But she has been given an opportunity to actually step the game up. And Wendy, I want to tell you, I uh, want you to, you know, tell our listeners on what's the next opportunity for you. What does it mean, and what do we have to do to help you out? Well, so last year, uh, the Fish and Game Commission uh, commissioner will. Um, Anthony Williams um, moved up to the governor's office, which left a vacancy on the commission. Uh, Anthony Williams is from Huntington Beach. He's from Southern California, and and there is no other Southern California fishing game commissioner um, uh, for CDFW. So I am hoping. And so is our industry. Um, I was asked Friday to put in my application and apply for the open fish and game commissioner seat. So Saturday night, I uh, got on my computer, spent all night, printed out my 26-page application. Wow. <laughs> and sent it in. <laughs> 26 page well Wendy, Wendy you should be a no brainer for this because you're an outdoorsman you're an experienced fisherman you've been in the industry for a long time I don't want to pull an Elizabeth Warren on uh, on the, the governor of California <laughs> but you know you are part of a minority group you are female you're from Southern California where the commission has no representation 
one would think you were a shoe in for this. You know, it, it, you would hope that they would have somebody from the fishing and hunting community that would be on the board, um, you know, or somebody for, with a science background on the board who, who a biologist, you know, who understands uh, the issues. Um, you know, so I'm hoping to be selected or at least get, you know, through the interview process. But I'm really not sure. And one of the reasons why is because I am a Republican. And and I know he's looking for a Democrat, you know, but he does want diversity. And, you know, if that if that's what he's looking for, you know, I can I can be, you know, I am very diverse. But also you can then include Republican because then I'd be the only Republican. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Wendy, I, I'm I'm an Irishman, and that shouldn't make any difference uh, with who's on the board or not. But, you know, a lot of people, they say, oh, my gosh, another commission and another this. Uh, just what good do they do? But tell us just briefly, the Fish and Game Commission, what actually they do that affects the fishermen here throughout the state of California. They control all of our, they make all of the regulations for us. They're the ones who decide how many fish we can keep, what size limit, you know, how many we can keep, where we can fish, what's off limits. Where the water goes, everything. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, even as, as far as the Marine Life Protection Act goes, I was a Southern California regional stakeholder and, you know, the, the department was very involved in that. So anything that has to do with fishing, fishing and hunting um, or wildlife, um, that's the job of the department. Now, in your estimation, Wendy, how is this board stacked right now? Because we know through politics that a lot of these commissions and, and board members that we see they know absolutely nothing about what they are overseeing, their political appointments that have termed out in one area of government or another, and they're placed in another position. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, what is the makeup of the commission right now in your estimation? You know, I do have to say I was, um, I was very skeptical um, because um, they are not really true um, – hunters and fishermen and Anthony Williams um, he actually went out did his homework went fishing went hunting and and actually researched what he needed to know so you know that's all I'm hoping for um, a fishing game commissioner and I, I and I I hope they're fair but what's more important is that the commission will look at sound science. Yeah. For a change. If it's available, for sure, and not a knee-jerk reaction. Wendy, I, I know that you were you know, informed of this at kind of the last minute, and you're on a short fuse. I guess the big question is, how can we and our listeners and participants in both hunting and fishing, how can we help you get on this commission and and make an appeal to the governor that you're the person that should be there. You know, 
I think the best way to do that would be to write letters of support um, to the governor. And there is a website. It's very long. Um, but I'll, I'll rattle it off and then we can post it on Rod and Real Radio. Okay. Um, it's, it's to the office of the governor, Gavin Newsom. And it's G-O-V-A-P-P-S dot G-O-V dot C-A dot gov slash gov 40 mail 40 mail okay and we will write that is long yeah (laughs) (laughs) we will uh get that for those of you that aren't uh you know uh uh up to their shorthand we will post that on uh, rotten reel radio set that you uh, know what it's all about and that you can give Wendy uh, the good word with Gavin Newsom. And, hey, and if any of you know the new governor personally and you want to get him aside and and, uh, buy him an alfalfa sprout uh, smoothie, (laughs) uh, you know, please help us on our behalf because that that would work. You know, also, if you know any uh, organizations or groups that could write a letter and send it, that would be great. Or I contacted Janet Wynn, a senator from um, Westminster, and I've contacted my assemblyman. And, you know, hopefully I'll I'll get some of that support. Um, You can also send a letter snail mail, which is also Governor Gavin Newsom, and that's at 1303 10th Street, Suite 1173, Sacramento, Nine five eight one four. All right, and we uh, we also encourage you to uh, send those letters and messages. Be concise and to the point. You, you, it's you know you don't have to send them an editorial or anything like that, but tell them why you would want someone with the background and the character and the experience that Wendy Toshihara has uh, on uh, uh, to be on this commission because obviously. It's something that is needed. Uh, we don't have to tell anybody that knows Wendy. She is definitely the voice of reason, has a little experience behind her, and uh, I think would make an excellent commissioner. But sometimes... You know, the, first, the one thing is she has more knowledge and more experience than anybody else on the committee. That's pretty much an, an, an the intimidating thing that they might have to look at. Wendy's got <laughs> been in more... She's involved with more of our industry, with the CCA, with protecting fishing and bringing fishing back, and the, and been on the team to protect fishing, period, through the, the boating periods that we've had already. But she loves to fish, and she understands both the freshwater and the saltwater side. I like to call it firsthand knowledge. <laughs> yeah. You have firsthand knowledge. Well, Wendy, good luck with that. We're going to keep pounding people on that to, to send in those uh, letters. Uh, how, how long a period do they have to get that information uh, to the governor? You know, we're trying to do it as soon as possible because we have no idea when he is going to elect somebody, appoint someone. So, you know, the sooner the better. And if anybody needs my bio, if they want, you know, to submit to their club or their organization, you know, um, I my bio's on LinkedIn. We can post it to um, our website, Rod and Real Radio, too, if you like. 
Oh, we're definitely going to do that. And I know, Wendy, uh, if you go to uh, Wendy's Facebook page, uh, you'll probably find it on there. And we'll do whatever we can. And we want to thank the San Diego Anglers. I heard from them today that they are sending letters into the governor on Wendy's behalf. So get in the program and let's see what we can do. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. Okay. Wow. Yeah, let's get quick. Got by quickly. Hey, we want to thank Otto and the AM540 studios, Ben Harvey here in San Diego. Always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, and Paul Leader. Thanks, everyone, for listening tonight. We'll be back next Sunday night starting at 5.05 p.m. Good night, everyone. We're out for now. Good night. By a shady, Shangri-La. Really loud. I'm wishing I could be that kind of fool. Shall I twist your arm? I'd say no more work for mine. Welcome to the club. On my door, I'd hang a sign. Gone fishing.